0: Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Watch your back, Charlie.
1: Hello. I'm Captain Captain Janeway of the U.S.S. Forfeiture. I'm Captain Captain Janeway of the U.S.S. Captain. Welcome to the Greatest Generation. It's a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys just a little bit embarrassed about having a Star Trek podcast. I'm Adam Pranica. I'm
0: Ben Harrison and I'm very tired, Adam. Why are you tired, Ben? You know when you're like not eating right and you go poop and it's like little pellets instead of a, a nice clean
1: God, you're so disgusting.
0: <laughs> you know that? That's the kind of sleep I'm getting lately.
1: You're asking me if I know of pellet poop? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I know of all kinds of poop. I know about poop you couldn't even imagine. You don't even have you don't have the imagination to know the poops that I've known over the years. Wow. So, yeah, Ben, I know about pellet poops. I did a cleanse one time.
0: I've seen some stuff. Yeah.
1: Uh. <laughs> I got a colonic irrigation, like, I want to say 15 years ago, mm-hmm. and fucking pennies came out of me. Vern <laughs> had been trying to find those pennies for nine months. Pennies and toothpicks and, like, all sorts of things. Wow. Yeah. That is startling. No gum. You hear it's it's going to be gum, right? Yeah. Like. You'll never digest gum. I digest gum great. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that uh, the
0: colonic people like throw a couple odds and ends in the in the line when they're going to start jetting you so that it looks like you really got something done today?
1: Wouldn't that be great if you had an unscrupulous colonic irrigator? <laughs> you would totally want to drop something in the hopper that's fun, right? Yeah. Hey, look at this, uh, My Little Pony from
0: 1986.
1: You're not going to believe this, but there is a whole undigested orange. <laughs> hey, <laughs> do you remember micro machines? <laughs> I mean, usually we only get these going in the other way, but there's a fucking whisk in there. <laughs> How is this gerbil still alive? <laughs> Yeah, man, that would be fun. Yeah, uh, probably no bits on people getting colonics. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's probably not a very, very fun industry for bits if you're interested in that.
0: We're recording this right before our trip to Austin for the Double Dumbass Tour, and <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, boy, I cannot wait for hotel room sleep. Man, <laughs> I just we have uh, we have a little work going on at the house, like some stuff getting fixed, and the uh, construction company that we hired has crew people that start at seven and crew people that start at eight and -hmm. we never know like who's coming which day and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's like 7 a.m like somebody's calling like hey the car needs to be out of the driveway because like stuff is getting dropped off there and I have to like you know find my glasses in the dark room and go out there. And I, I trap my sleep on my fitness tracker watch. And it's just like, it's pellets. It's not one continuous bar of sleep. So even if I get a nice seven and a half hours, it's seven and a half hours broken up into like 25 little pellets. You're getting
1: pellet sleep, huh?
0: I'm like agitated sleeping because I'm worried that I'm gonna get woken up because I know that I, I, I will in fact get woken
1: up. Gotta get in that hotel room. Yeah. You get that sleep anxiety, don't you? Yeah. It sucks. It's real old man shit to be looking forward to a fun tour stop for the sleep aspect. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of all the fun that Austin has to offer. Yeah. And it's a lot. Yeah. I mean I plan on barely sleeping at all in Austin. Wow. I need to I need to cut loose. <laughs> I gotta get the fuck out. <laughs>
0: wow, we're gonna have very different trips to Austin, my friend. <laughs>
1: yeah I think I need sleep as much as you do but I also just need to cut the fuck loose ready to really uh, defile myself Uh out there wow All right. I I just want all the slushy beverages and beef (laughs) and then you know who's going to be making the pebble poops Ben
0: yeah both of us
1: (laughs) yeah I'm going to join the club
0: yeah well uh, do you want to join the club much like Seven does with the crew of the ship on today's episode of star trek voyager
1: i think she's got a little more hazing to endure (laughs) before that ever happens ben why not get that started with star trek voyager season four episode three day of honor rebirth course unless you've got something a little bigger in your
0: torpedo tubes i'm not turning around
1: (laughs) this establishing shot suggests that there is a passage of time happening in the shuttle bay Hmm. shuttle bay now is a is not just an alcove space, it's a shared space, like Milton in office space being told to work out of a storage room. Yeah. That is what Seven of Nine is made to endure starting now.
0: Yeah, she's uh, she's on her charging mat, but they've, uh, they've moved lots of barrels and crap back into the storage bay here, and uh, she has summoned Commander Chicote down to her room. <laughs> Sounds great. Because she is bored as hell and she makes the case in an interesting way like being lonely is one thing for y'all but it's a whole other thing for someone like me
1: i'm finding it difficult to spend so much time alone you know what i noticed in this scene Hmm. i was looking for a long time at seven of nine's chest but as a, a scientist, like as a Star Trek podcaster, as a professional Star Trek podcaster... Not in a horny way. Not in a horny way at all. You want to know why? Hmm. I don't think Seven of Nine can Cal Hudson her combat. badge. I think she is limited in where she puts her combat. badge. Right. Because of the, the catsuit, and it's too bad. That sounds about right.
0: If she put it any lower, it would be on her boob, is what you're saying.
1: It would be tilted. The points would be facing the person she's talking to, and you can't have that. (laughs) I mean, that's a different sort of power move. That's not the Cal Hudson. It's Mm. something else entirely. Yeah, it's like the poke your eyes out com badge. That would make four things that would poke your eyes out (laughs) on seven of nine (laughs) at this point.
0: Oh, boy. Oh, boy, Adam.
1: I want better for her. That's what my point is. I want her to Hudson or have the choice to. I think they'll find a way to do it that's not so obvious.
0: You know, right now, Adam, she's had her self-determination stolen from her by the Borg Collective. And Captain Janeway is going to make decisions for her until such time as she's satisfied that Seven of Nine has reintegrated into human society enough that she is uh, living a self-determined lifestyle. And then I'm sure she will pick out some new clothes for herself. But uh, this is not that day. But Chicote is going to pick a job for her. He seems amenable anyway. he doesn't just shut this down out of hand.
1: She's bored. That's her problem. She wants something to do.
0: Yeah. Did you have something specific in mind?
1: She's counted all of the uh, cargo containers enough times. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile in engineering a case is being made for a team that may need some extra sets of hands <laughs> Engine Vorak is uh, is letting stuff you know spray out of uh, some coolant connection or whatever BLT's getting super mad at him
1: yeah I mean that little valve isn't the only thing getting busted because yeah. those nuts are getting smashed by BLT in this scene a very testy BLT not, not today, much- today
0: Vorak yeah, she's uh, she is really not in a mood for any of this shit, and uh, she explains that a little in a little bit more detail to Tom Paris, who comes down and is like, Hey, so obscure Klingon ritual, what do you say? And she's, she's like, I know I said that I would try it before, but the closer we get to doing the deed, the less into it I feel.
1: I think I was confused by this scene because I thought he was strolling in to see if she was doing Klingon stuff or if they were on for dinner. But are you saying that their dinner plan was Klingon Day of Honor ritual?
0: I'm, I'm not sure if, if they like were meant to coincide, but there's like later in the episode, he also mentions that he like worked on helping her right. set up the holodeck program. So I think that he is expecting to at least... At least observe, if not participate, in Day of Honor stuff.
1: I mean, he should save room for Targ, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He doesn't want to have to eat before. Right. I mean, what you want to do ahead of a date like this is definitely fuck before. Yeah. And then eat, then fill up on Targ. Uh-huh. And then, and then get yourself pain-sticked.
0: <laughs> right.
1: You think you'd sleep a lot better if you'd been pain-sticked 30 times beforehand? Uh, I
0: prob- yeah, it, that would probably fuse some of those pebbles together.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're making log yeah. after getting painsticked, sticked that's for sure. Pebbles, best
0: kind of ice, worst kind of
1: poop, worst kind of sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised to see Vorik. And uh, if I'm BLT, I'm probably keeping a safe distance, right? Who'd you, who'd you rather work with if you were BLT, Vorik or 7 of 9?
0: <laughs> Why didn't Vorik get moved on to, like, I don't know,
1: a different team? <laughs> <laughs> you know BLT has the shit talk in her because she shit talks the hell out of Seven of Nine later? Yeah. No shit talk to be given to Vorik, even though he is very deserving of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. What she explains to Paris is uh, she's had a run of bad luck, and by the transitive property, she's not in a sentimental frame of mind, so she's mm-hmm. not going to do this Klingon ritual.
1: I am in a bad mood, and I know that I am being a little bit testy.
0: Tom Paris is like, well, at least you you're going to get dinner with me, right?
1: <laughs> if you're not gonna get Targ on the holodeck, maybe we can get Target Neelix's <laughs> <laughs> This is
0: when Chicote comes in to continue that run of bad luck by ordering BLT to make Seven of Nine her problem. She
1: wants to work in engineering. Yeah.
0: What? Very much reminded me of uh, LaForge going to Picard about not wanting to deal with Barclays bullshit.
1: I really like the good guy warning that Paris gives Chicote as they pass. <laughs> yeah. Hey buddy, cover those nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Chicote just grabs an iPad from a <laughs> from a yeah. control station and holds it over.
1: I mean Chicote's really come around on this seven and nine thing. He was the chief skeptic yeah. not that long ago. And now he's here to foister on BLT, who I would say like, this is a work request being made by a managerial figure on a subordinate. And yeah. BLT has got a lot of lip about this. She really does. Bottom line is, I don't want her working in engineering.
0: She really uh, forgets herself in the way she talks
1: up to the boss. I mean, has she always had this kind of lip latitude? I don't think so. Chicote really has to remind her. The bottom line is, I'm giving you an order and you're going to follow it lieutenant
0: with Chakotay she does often get a little lippier than yeah I mean Janeway does not catch this kind of guff from BLT
1: yeah I mean this is a very efficient pipe down that Chakotay gives her in this moment yeah it's one of those like I shouldn't have to pull rank and just by <laughs> saying that you shouldn't have to pull rank you've pulled rank <laughs>
0: He's like, the bottom of your badge is not pointing at my eyes. (laughs) Yeah. So you're not going to distract me like that.
1: I don't need this iPad over my junk. I shouldn't have to worry about this. (laughs) Whatever you say, sir.
0: After the title sequence, Seven of Nine is in the captain's ready room being told like, listen, we're not going to leave a security detail on you, even though we should. But when you go to work with the engineering team, we want Scouts Honor that you're not going to try and contact the Borgs again.
1: <laughs> I take Scouts Honor so seriously that I will not be posting security <laughs> in engineering <laughs> while you do work there. <laughs> How many Boy Scouts have you assimilated as a member <laughs> of the Borg? <laughs> this is crazy, right? No security? Here's the thing even if she chooses not to post security in engineering, she doesn't have to say it. Because by calling attention to this decision, I think it makes her look foolish and bad and too trusting. I know the episode wants you to be inspired by Janeway's trust because it's all about this relationship between yeah. her and Seven of Nine, but it does not start out as a good look. I would say.
0: You remember that whole series of episodes where Tom Paris was acting like a fucking dickhead in yeah. order to like build plausibility for him going off the ship eventually. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I feel like Janeway may be playing chess here. The shit's chess. It ain't checkers. <laughs> like maybe she is telling Seven that there's no security because in fact there is security and there's going to be somebody yeah. watching her at all times. And she wants to see what Seven does when she thinks that there's no security. Right. I don't know.
1: I mean, it's not a good scene for Janeway for that reason. And also the whole, I find your name difficult to pronounce. Would you mind if we abbreviated it in a way that made it easier for me to say?
0: Something that's a little easier on the American (laughs) tongue.
1: You know, in... Ancient United States history, uh, there was a place called Ellis Island. (laughs) I would like you to consider my ready room a form of that (laughs) And so if you were to become the crew, let's name you something that integrates better (laughs) How would you feel about seven? I know you don't want to do it Coffee black. Make it yourself. I'm trying to help you
0: see this as an opportunity to grow.
1: Make it yourself.
0: Out on the bridge, they are running up on a spaceship that is in bad shape, and uh, Tuvok calls the captain in to get on FaceTime with the captain of
1: this ship. Were you surprised that she left her ready room first? <laughs> like in another instance of giving Seven of Nine too much trust, because if I leave and that door shuts behind me. Uh-oh.
0: Seven's getting into
1: all the trinkets. Right.
0: The guy that she meets on FaceTime is called Ramen of the Katati people. Boy, this guy had a really bad case of cystic acne when he was a teenager.
1: Yeah. One one of them have, hasn't been gotten yet on the back of his scalp.
0: <laughs> He's really got Tuvix head, doesn't he? <laughs>
1: Ugh. It's a lot.
0: It looks as bad on the front as it does on the back, though. Yeah.
1: How difficult is it as an actor to have such a long protuberance on the back of your head? Like, I'm not expecting anyone is lying down, right? But this guy doesn't have the option even. Is this why
0: there are so many different weird kinds of pillows in Star Trek? Because like some <laughs> pillow, like you're issuing pillows to people whose heads could go far as far back as this. This guy is
1: using hemorrhoid pillows all over the place. <laughs> fill him up
0: yeah he's telling this sob story hey like our people got uh, scattered to the wind by the Borgs there's like very few of us left and we're all starving and our ships are all fucked up
1: is there any way you could help us he's selling magazines yeah (laughs) Janeway's like I I don't need a subscription to vibe Mm -hmm. and
0: he's like but how is my basketball team gonna get to states (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh god this guy it is very familiar how a person of this katadi's attitude it feels like a con it feels like a con right up top yeah why does it feel that way this guy is just bummed out about his deal we
0: lost everything yeah I mean I think that the relative stability of his ship maybe lends to that like it doesn't seem like they're in like an emergency Yeah. Like, they're starving. He should be like, oh, my God, thank God we ran into you, you know? He doesn't sell it right, is what I'm saying.
1: (laughs) He doesn't. Like, the show that he makes out of asking for help is a big, big show. Yeah. And that's maybe the thing that's suspicious about it. It feels a little too practiced. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And and the other thing I'm I'm just thinking about in Star Trek shorthand is if they'd picked up a distress signal as the first thing. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like that would have hit different if they like would rushed yeah. to see what the distress signal was.
1: But instead, it's the Katati that went to them.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the things he asked for is some thorium isotopes. Without them, our systems can't function. Janeway's like, that's great. We'll get you some of those in the A story. Back to that. And uh, we're back down in engineering where BLT is working with Vorik on isotopes and Seven of Nine on this idea of... Modifying the ship to open transwarp tunnels. This is the proposal that Seven has made, is I will help you get your ship going fast enough that you should turn into lizards, but you don't.
1: BLT is interested in opening up transwarp tunnels and opening up a can of (laughs) whoop-ass on Seven of Nine, like baiting her, doing that thing like... She wants Seven of Nine to take a swing at her, I think.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) So don't you feel bad about being a Borgs?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so uh, you remember what the Katati said about what the Borgs did to them? Pretty messed up, huh? You have any (laughs) feelings at all about it? This was such an interesting (laughs) scene to me because it's not that Seven of Nine isn't playing along because she truly doesn't feel anything. I am... Reading the scene as though she has come a long way in terms of her integration. And she knows by giving any answer at all, it's just going to invite more ridicule.
0: Right. There's no right answer. It's a trick question.
1: Yeah. I think she's got BLT figured out here.
0: The only hope that Seven of Nine has would be to write something in the Notes app and, you know, (laughs) post four screenshots of it. Yeah. Acknowledging Borg privilege you know
1: she needs to go on katati twitter <laughs> and post that quad box apology that's the good stuff yeah that's what you gotta do but also i think blt looks at at seven of nine sees how high the com badge is and and is like she's weak she's fucking weak <laughs> yeah i gonna take her down a peg
0: she's not hanging badge like a powerful character
1: yeah if she was hanging badge there's no way BLT would be fucking around with her like this. I think it would be best if I waited in my alcove. I
0: think you're right. I think that uh, BLT is just having a real bad day. It's not about to get better because she goes to Neelix's restaurant and Neelix, the king of not reading the room, comes up to her and <laughs> wants to cheer her up. I'll bet I can help.
1: He's got a morale-boosting apron and a personal pan blood pie just for her. <laughs>
0: That looked like a mashed sweet potato pie, didn't it?
1: Yeah, it did. I I got to say, I dislike most of the garments that Neelix wears. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. fucking wear this apron. This is a great looking apron. It's a nice looking apron. It's going to hide your, your spills and stains very well, I think. Talk about Calvin Hudsoning. He's put the badge low on the apron itself. Yeah, I like that move. Do you think because she's half human, she likes to order a blood pie, like half blood pie, half pepperoni? Easy on the blood. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Instead of blood, I kind of like a white pie. So maybe mm. like a garlic sauce <laughs> situation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That that
0: probably that tracks.
1: What uh. you love is the is the Targ pepperoni that turns itself into cups. Mm, yeah, That's and nice. and
0: when the uh, when the blood cheese gets all all browned along the yeah. edges. Mm, So tasty.
1: Yeah, it's lacy. It's like all blood, right? It's mostly (laughs) blood in the blood pie. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Yeah. It's blood cheese.
0: And are you supposed to drink it with blood wine or is that just too much blood?
1: Oh, man. You're going to need an antacid for a a dinner like that. (laughs) Get that checkered tablecloth blood pie joint. (laughs) Everyone loves. Yeah. With the red cups.
0: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My mother-in-law doesn't think it's really Klingon food unless that's the kind of vibe in the restaurant.
1: You know, there's an arcade cabinet of uh, Patak Fighter 2 in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> that's how a lot of Klingon kids grow up. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. It's, it's good times. Yeah. Um, Neelix does turn this around by proposing basically a real-life version of Tuvok's Choke Neelix holodeck program. <laughs>
1: I was thinking the same thing. I had underestimated the damage of Cass leaving the ship (laughs) and what it did to Neelix because Neelix full on pivots into sub. He's like, you know what? I never did this with Cass, but if at any point you just want to come over and dominate me, Mm -hmm. I'm down. When you're angry, come see me. Call me names. Insult me. And it made me wonder, like you, Ben, if maybe that wasn't a hologram at all in, in... Tuvok's program. Maybe, maybe that was Neelix actual. Maybe he he did that uh, <laughs> for, for Tuvok. The scene we didn't see is Neelix offering himself to Tuvok in that same way. Right, right.
0: You may use me to blow off steam. He says this to her. She says it's like the nicest thing anyone's offered and he like is about to walk away and she's like, hey Neelix, one more thing. And I I totally thought she was going to be like, you were one of the most obnoxious <laughs> motherfuckers I have ever met. <laughs> <laughs> I was so sad but <laughs> she just wanted the
1: pie <laughs> you thought she was gonna totally destroy him after the gift of sub he offers
0: yeah I thought that she was gonna take him up on it right then right there oh I see yeah like
1: <laughs> like ready to go yeah I'm here if you need me the
0: So she goes down to the holodeck, which has been made to look like some Star Trek caves. And there's a warrior there who greets her and uh, starts to tell her about how the ceremony is going to go. It will be a lengthy ordeal. There's, uh, you know, a couple of appetizer courses. And then uh, they get to the fun with the pain sticks and the batleths.
1: Do you have a Day of Honor membership card? <laughs> in order to accrue points (laughs) for every day of honor ceremony you participate in.
0: If you come celebrate your day of honor on your birthday, you get a free sombrero.
1: (laughs) Please enjoy your Targheart appetizers. (laughs) They go wonderfully with Motlokk.
0: The Grail of Kalis. Wow. Yeah. You know, Kalis's Grail, comparatively humble. Since he was, he was a carpenter
1: in the Klingon Indiana Jones movie, do you think that's a point of emphasis? Like, choose which Grail of Kalus he drank mm-hmm. out of. Yeah,
0: exactly. But choose wisely. So they, you know, start elaborating on on all the pain sticks that she's in for, and she's like, eh, I, "All right, I pass." I, you know, I didn't want to do this before you described it. Certainly not now. The Metlach was was one thing. The pain sticks are another. And she's like trying to walk out of there and they grab her and start painsticking her. Instead of computer and program, she finishes the job by beating up the warriors that are painsticking her.
1: I started counting the pain sticking and I'm like, You're almost there, BLT. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get it over with. Yeah. You already ate the Targ heart. You already drank the Motlock. We we know
0: that you've been hitting people with uh with batlets in Worf's workout program.
1: Yeah. Were you a little disappointed not to see a skull face? Yeah. Yeah. Bring him back.
0: I want turtle face. I want skull face. Yeah. Yeah. I would have liked that trench that Worf had to walk along. Instead it's the host.
1: Yeah. I am Curtis. <laughs> Your day of honor host. (laughs) If you need anything, I'll be right here.
0: She beats these guys up and walks out of the program. And Paris finds her in her quarters and is like, Hey, uh, you you left your game unpaused. So your character is just standing there in
1: that surprisingly short loop. You know, anyone can just go in there. i got painsticked many times (laughs) it's weird how they keep the off switch inside the holodeck
0: yeah yeah he's really trying to be her friend but he is also a little bit annoyed because he worked really hard on helping her set the day of honor program up and i think you owe me the courtesy of telling me
1: what happened it was ridiculous meaningless posturing holidays are so hard
0: on relationships They really are. We set this up for success
1: and it's failing. Now we're mad at each other about it. You get your hopes up for a perfect day of honor. Yeah. And all that it entails. Sucks. You
0: know, he just keeps getting cobra spit in his face for his trouble.
1: I really found this a realistic time to give up. When Paris finally gets to the boiling point where he's sick of this shit and ready to bounce. (laughs) I was like, yeah, man. What more can you do? What are the upsides of
0: pressing the issue at this point? She's clearly not into it.
1: There's a Delaney sister out there who Harry Kim's probably done with. <laughs> there may be even two of them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Go uh, reset the holodeck to Sandrine's. Yeah. Invite a Delaney sister or two. Have a chill rest of your day.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, at, at a certain point, the the effort's all one-sided.
0: Adam, do you remember ramen? Oh, yeah. I, I sure do. Yeah, so he's still here.
1: There's a there's a hair in my ramen. Actually, quite a few, Ben. <laughs> Actually, too much hair mm-hmm. uh, by a lot.
0: We've seen a lot of meetings in Star Trek. I've never seen them have ramen at a meeting.
1: Yeah. Loomis is there. Telling everyone a story straight out of a late-by-charity commercial. You know the kind of commercial that, for some reason, is like two and a half minutes long?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. God. You're like, if you're such a charitable cause, why are you buying this large (laughs) of a block of ad time?
1: (laughs) You could hear the crying of the babies have as much trouble sleeping at night as i do
0: and like licensing a sarah mclaughlin song that's not cheap
1: yeah <laughs> I, <will be> the <laughs> I mean i think these katatis are hiding something based solely on on the pitch here
0: yeah he is in that mode of a person who asked for help and is now sort of dissatisfied with the amount of help that he's getting right yeah and And it turns into the thing where he kind of accuses the Voyager crew of being limousine liberals.
1: Apparently, keeping your bellies full is more important to you than
0: helping those less fortunate. We're here suffering and you're you're flying around the galaxy
1: acting like your problems are just as big as ours and they're fucking not. Neelix is like, well, if we gave you as much as you wanted, we'd end up as poor as you are right now. (laughs) And that's not going to work for us. And he's like, that's not how redistribution of
0: wealth works. And and they're like, yeah, but this is the 90s and we don't get that.
1: I was surprised it was Neelix who was the piper upper here. Yeah. Neelix
0: kind of comes to the defense of the Starfleets in a way that, you know, gives Captain Janeway a nice ouch. He's like, you know, send them over any extra food that we have and we'll be on our way.
1: Make sure you send them... The unpopular foods, Neelix. <laughs> all the Leola roots, if I have my vote. Just scrape the plates into a barrel and then beam <laughs> that barrel over. Yeah. Donate the
0: bottoms of all the muffins.
1: <laughs> give them katati food.
0: <laughs> uh, they're going to give them some, uh, some medical supplies as well from the doctor, who I don't think appears in this episode.
1: No. No. And that seems to satisfy... Ramen. There's like a feeling at the end of this scene where it's like, alright, are we done here? Like, we're yeah. done, right? Yeah. Time for you to go. Tuvok, please escort our guest to the transporter. Get the fuck out!
0: Gotta get out of here, buddy. Uh, Got bigger fish to fry. So, he's walking through the hallway while Tom is walking through the hallway with Seven. Maybe kind of, you know, seeing if there's a an opportunity there when, uh, when Ramen sees Seven and is told by Tuvok that what he's looking at is a an XB, and he flips out. Fuck! He thinks she is like the personal murderer of his wife and children. He's like trying to throw hands. He has to be physically restrained by Tuvok and, and Paris. And uh, Paris is like, hey, sorry about that, Seven. And she's like, what? I don't give a shit.
1: <laughs> Do you think Paris is making a pass at her here? Because Paris, he's talking about transwarp conduits, but... He's also talking about trans-warp conduits, Ben. Oh, yeah. I kind of was picking that up, too. You'll have no idea what you're doing. I am a quick study. It's either that or he's just relieved to be in someone's company that isn't creating drama out of every little situation, and I think the end of this scene is what really emphasizes that part, because if it were BLT and not Seven of Nine... BLT would have acted very differently in this moment. (laughs) And I think there's something attractive about Seven of Nine here where Paris is like, God, you know, you really could have flown off the handle there, but you didn't.
0: You're chill as hell. Why didn't you murder Ramen with your hands? Yeah. That's what my girlfriend would have done.
1: I'd like to get to know your transwarp conduits a little better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, that opportunity will be available to him because uh, that's what they're testing next. And uh, they head down to engineering, where everybody is working on this transwarp conduit test. They uh, they move the helm control down to engineering so that Paris can be right there for it.
1: Yeah, I mean he's playing the piano right next to Seven of Nine. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're cozied up. they <laughs> playing a little duet. I was surprised that uh, BLT was was cool with this arrangement.
0: Yeah, it. Uh, I mean, you see her look at them together a couple of times and and uh, does not look like she's super happy to be looking at that. So anyways, they go to warp. They're warping along and they start doing the things that they believe they need to do to open a transwarp conduit. And uh, surprise, surprise, it does not go great.
1: You got your tachyons leaking all over the place and it's just getting worse. Like there's no... In the submarine parlance, that there's there's just not enough valves to turn to right. stop the tachyon leak, and it really feels like it's blast door time. You have your orders
0: now. Seal a goddamn bay before we all go down. It does, and uh, they got to get out of there. The you know the last two people in the room are Tom and Balana. She's trying to needs of the many, and he persuades her like, no, we just got to get out of here. And as they're walking out of the room, she's like setting it up that they're going to eject the warp core. And we're all thinking, like, "Oh, great! Another one of these things where it seems like they're about to eject the warp core, and then at the last minute they don't."
1: Yeah, yeah, but instead, you you cut to the exterior of the ship, and you're angled right on the hole. Or oh, yeah, as this thing comes out,
0: this is what I want, man—a nice, clean elimination. It's not pebbles; it's the whole thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, nice, healthy warp core coming out, <laughs> and uh, it floats. <laughs> as soon as it leaves the ship, and that's another sign, you get a healthy constitution here. <laughs> the ship must have been eating a lot of fiber. Yeah. So the Leola roots are not all bad. One piece, slight curve, it floats, checks mm-hmm. all the boxes. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. I wonder
0: what else can go wrong today. Well, I've got to get that platinum, get that roll bed
1: lodgement.
0: Don't make your cool, creative project captain's eyes only. Head to squarespace.com slash scarves for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain.
1: A good time so often has a downside, doesn't it? Especially when it comes to stuff that you put in your birdie. We've all been hungover before. I mean, many of us have, I guess. Or we've had too much jazz in our gummy. And that sucks, right? Because you don't think about the time after the good time that you've been trying to have a good time. That's why I like Loomy Labs so much. It's the predictability. Through painstaking trial and error, I have found my perfect dose. It's what I can depend on, when I can use a little more chill, a little help getting into a creative headspace. And I don't need to have too much fun doing whatever it is I need to be doing. And I'm so glad that Microdose is available nationwide. That means just about anyone can try it. To learn more about Microdosing THC, go to Microdose.com and use the code SCARVES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, that's Microdose.com and the code is SCARVES.
0: Back for another game. You know it. What's going on?
1: Just one more week till Max Drive.
0: (laughs) Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op.
1: Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks.
0: Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly, incredibly fascinating.
1: Find us by searching for the
0: word "secretly" in your podcast app and at maximumfun.org. To get that a, Are you a
1: heist?
0: Gold. Worst day of BLT's life. And when we come back. I don't know if this was done with like a matte painting or what, but they make it look like there's no warp core in engineering, and I thought this was great.
1: Yeah, it, I wondered also if they took it apart and wheeled it away, or if they, you know, hung a drape to cover yeah. it or something.
0: Because like nobody walks in front of it, which makes yeah. me think that there's a it was painted a camera trick in the wide angle.
1: Yeah, that would make sense. This is a show that that's capable of that.
0: Yeah. But um, yeah, it's uh, so it's millions of miles away. It's like it's way back behind them. And Paris and BLT pretty quickly get stuck uh, on go pick it up in a Subaru Brat duty. Inexpensive and built to stay that way.
1: Did this scene make you wonder if you could send a Subaru Brat out to retrieve the warp core with a tractor beam? Could you fly a bunch of Subaru brats out to tractor beam the Voyager all the way back to the warp core?
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. Do you think it's just too much mass to move? I don't know how that works.
0: I feel like they leave that intentionally a little vague. Yeah. (laughs) I mean,. This is another expendable (laughs) shuttlecraft.
1: Yeah. (laughs) They're really pumping them out now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, no wonder they have to be on replicator rations. They have to keep re-replicating their fucking shuttlecraft after every episode.
1: (laughs) No kidding. Inside the shuttle, BLT continues to make the day's terrible events all about her. Yeah. Maybe it's me. This is starting to wear a little thin on me, but not to Paris. Paris has still got a great perspective on the thing. Shit happens. Bad luck happens. Yeah. This day isn't happening at you. It's it's happening to everyone. And uh, honor be damned. Let's just
0: go get this uh, warp core and uh, we'll, we'll put it back in the ship. Everything's going to be right as rain. But they, when they get up to it, they find that a Katati ship has put a tractor beam on it. And one of the things they talked about on the way Is that uh, the warp core is unstable and they need to fix it before they do tractor beam so that it doesn't explode on them. Right. So instead of just being mad that their warp core is getting stole by the Katati, they're like, hey, don't tractor beam that. You will die.
1: Yeah. I think it's less about killing the Katati and maybe more about losing their one and only warp core, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it's all of these things, and uh, the Kzati are, are you know claiming salvage rights to this thing, and uh, this turns into a firefight that pretty quickly compromises the shuttle. They got like two and a half minutes to get out of the shuttle before it blows up.
1: That's not a lot of time, and there are no blast doors on a Brat style shuttle, so they got to go to the spacesuit.
0: Yeah. And they get in uh, first contact vintage spacesuits.
1: Paris tries to have the computer radio Voyager before they beam out, and it's just unclear whether or not that message gets out before they're beamed into space and the brat explodes. Yeah.
0: Did you think that they were doing like a little overcrank effect on the camera when they were floating around in space? Because it seemed like they were maybe overcranking it a little bit so that they would look a little floatier and then, like, looping in dialogue.
1: Uh, I bet that's what they were doing. All of their dialogue was looped, though. Yeah. In the
0: spacesuits. I mean, it would have sounded really weird to record yeah. in helmet dialogue. So I understand that. But it's, uh, yeah, it, it sort of looked to me like they were, like, in a, a slight amount of slow motion
1: on top of that. I mean, there's a quality to their speech in the spacesuits, too, that... I. That I found delightful. I yeah. was like, "Why is Paris talking so slowly?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, because they're in spacesuits." Like that <laughs> yeah. seems to be the science fiction shorthand for being in spacesuits. Like let's okay. let's do it, Ben. I'll show you how.
0: Okay. Wow, Ben,
1: it's amazing to be floating
0: in space, huh? I feel
1: weightless. For the first time today, I'm just gonna help you out
0: with your air hose there, Ben. Hey, Adam, that's not my air
1: hose. See, it sounds like we're in space. Yeah, (laughs) that was cool. That was really cool. Yeah. And an audio medium, you close your eyes and. You believe we're weightless. Feels so real.
0: Like floating in the womb.
1: (laughs) Their plan at this moment is to uh, combine their comm units because one comm unit isn't strong enough to get a message out.
0: Mm -hmm. One is none.
1: And uh, in order to do that, uh, you just get yourself into a side hug configuration (laughs) with someone else wearing a suit, and that's all you need to do.
0: I thought you'd never ask. Paris can't help but make horny comments about this, and uh, BLT is really in no mood for horny comments. Especially because, like, what what are you going to do? You're going to get... Blue spacesuits. Yeah, from this, you can't do anything about
1: it. Yeah, I uh, I could have done without hearing what a carrier wave sounded like. <laughs> I don't need to hear this sound. Yeah, you think that's the moment that uh, Paris decides to rip one? Like <laughs> he, he'd been holding it in a while, but yeah. nothing like a carrier wave to cover up the sound of a fart. Much better.
0: And then later when she plugs her oxygen hose into him she's like
1: oh god what the hell when you share oxygen you have to be breathing the other person's air right i was thinking the same thing yeah <laughs> it's like wearing someone else's mask
0: yeah yeah
1: that's got to be such a gross out
0: like the couple of times that i've accidentally put my wife's mask on it's like ugh, it's like uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> like i i've, I've sucked face with my wife we make out all the time Ugh, we, we make so up like people that are still dating i, I don't want to hear that i don't like wearing her mask
1: <laughs> yes you, you have a very healthy relationship ben <laughs> everyone knows it
0: speaking of healthy relationships that are built on trust back on voyager seven of nine is called into the captain's ready room to answer some questions about why all these tachyons were leaking into the warp core when seven's big experiment happened
1: right seven of nine is like what the fuck <laughs> you're like the others you see me as a threat you d- you think just because i was the only xb in there that i'm a prime suspect i won't lie to you part of me is suspicious not today baby you're gonna <laughs> need a lawyer <laughs> she's like Ashes a cigarette on her desk and <laughs> <laughs> wheels around and walks out.
0: <laughs> Janeway's like, aren't you as sharp as a tack? You some type of lawyer or something? Somebody important or something?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, but this is one of those things that needs to be explained, right? When accidents happen, yeah. Seven, it's, it's natural for there to be an investigation. And this is that.
0: And Seven's uh, explanations are pretty plausible and... Like The other thing that she says is, like, uh, I don't, like, really have any experience with dissembling or hiding the truth. Like, I haven't done that ever since I was a little kid. So uh, if you're looking for somebody with, like, a big, like, devious master plan, it ain't me. Right. And that kind of lines up with the, like, thing where she, you know, suddenly saw the comms channel and made the decision to try and contact the collective, like... After that happened, when she was talking to Janeway, she's like, I didn't lie to you. I was just, like, so overcome by the idea of contacting the Collective in that moment that I changed my mind.
1: Right. Right, but it's natural for Janeway to be like, did you change your mind again? (laughs) Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: But Seven's answers satisfy Janeway in this scene, and they move on. I believe you. Thank
0: you. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's like a, we're going to continue to presume innocent until we get some more evidence to the contrary kind of a moment it doesn't right. seem like Seven is entirely off the hook
1: there are three things to remember about being a stanchion cat keep your shirt tucked in go down with the ship and do it, do it. Do it. Do it.
0: so the, the rest of the episode is just kind of a lot of a lot of time that we spend with Paris and BLT floating around talking to each other and in the next scene they get hit with some ion turbulence, and this causes Paris's suit to evacuate almost all of its oxygen, but not have like a hole, right. it seems like.
1: Yeah, that was weird.
0: It was weird. I thought I thought for sure that this ion turbulence was going to be like a bigger deal, like some kind of Katati weapon or I don't know. Is it the reason that the tachyons happened? I, I didn't write that down.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if a Katadi ship had zoomed by, headed for the warp core, I mean, what happens to them? Yeah,
0: their ships are barely holding together.
1: Are they just turned into an aerosol? Yeah. I don't know. But but I mean, you don't have much time to consider all the possibilities of this ion storm situation because the real takeaway here is that what was a day's worth of oxygen has been reduced to about a half an hour. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, it's not looking great for Paris and BLT, and it's also not looking great for Voyager. Seven has, like, satisfied the captain that the warp power thing was not her fault with some actual sensor readings when they get called out onto the bridge, and Raman is shown back up with a lot more Katati ships.
1: He brought some friends.
0: And uh, it's real, like, no more Mr. Nice Katati moment.
1: Yeah, they're asking for more, but asking really isn't the right word, right? They're demanding because he's got 27 ships to back him up. And while one Katadi ship isn't that strong, this is like death of a thousand cuts here. Yeah. This is like death of 27 cuts here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, plus they've got their warp core. It's like right. the Voyager doesn't have a lot of leverage in the negotiation. I'm hoping that will make you more generous. And uh, yeah, this guy is uh, pretty desperate. Desperate enough to do bad things.
1: I want your clothes, your boots, and your Seven of Nine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he wants to take Seven of Nine so that they can, like, punish her in public for the satisfaction of the remaining Katadi people.
1: I love how Seven of Nine's like, sounds good to me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready to go. I wasn't really uh, doing much over here, so, yeah. I will go.
1: Right. Good moment for her. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She gets talked out of it, though.
0: No. The captain is like, you're part of our our crew now, and uh, we back each other up. Sometimes the needs of the one outweigh the needs of the many, and this is one of those times.
1: That's right. You can tell things with BLT and Paris are are going bad because... They're talking (laughs) even slower now. BLT does...
0: Want honor after all.
1: All the fucking viewers listening to this show on double speed are getting it in real time now. <laughs> the,
0: the people that have the overcast feature that edits out silences. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, what are they doing?
1: <laughs> Boy, it didn't take long for BLT to give up. She is expecting to die now. We have to face up to it, Tom. And if you're Paris... It's a good time to get radical candor from both BLT and and out of yourself. Yeah.
0: They talk about how much they've changed and how, you know, BLT starts reflecting on the, like, keeping people at arm's length and pushing people away thing is Mm -hmm. a kind of maladaptive defense mechanism that she has. I mean, they talk a lot. They talk about, like, their history at Starfleet. They talk about the ways that they've grown closer and eventually— we get to the tearful confession of love.
1: They pull each other closer, and Paris is like, Can you feel it?
0: Is that your oxygen pose? Or
1: are you just happy to see me? It's got to be so hard to get an erection in a low-oxygen environment, right? (laughs) But you know Paris can do it.
0: Yeah, if there's anyone.
1: Paris is like a guy, I feel like, who, you know, like, if you go mountaineering, you train in in low-oxygen. You'll, like, wear an oxygen-depriving mask or something when you're Mm, doing your workouts or whatever. You prepare for that. But if you're in space and you're a a sexual (laughs) rastabout... (laughs) <laughs> like, do you think you prepare yourself for for low oxygen environments like if you go on an, on a dustbuster club and maybe the planet doesn't have the oxygen you're used to, you're still going to want to get an erection right
0: right, yeah, Paris, why are you bringing that uh that pad marked tax documents on this away mission? <laughs> Oh, no reason. <laughs> I mean, we're each getting our own room, right? <laughs> Just
1: to be sure. Own room. Am I making any sense here?
0: 709 comes up with an alternative for uh, what the Kitati are proposing, uh, which is we'll give them a replicator that is specifically capable of replicating thorium, which is what their technology requires to work. And yeah. If they're able to replicate their own thorium, they will be in much better shape overall. And... Uh, this is a kind of new thought technology for her. Like, giving away technology is not something that comes natural to a Borgs. So, uh, this is something that she kind of learned from Janeway. There's coffee in that unexpected act of kindness. They beam Ram in a board so that they can give him this gift, and uh, they're like, and we'll give you parts to make more of these. It's going to be great.
1: Many centuries ago, the Borgs assimilated a motivational speaker. <laughs> Who had a story about teaching a man to fish. <laughs> and that is what this is.
0: Yeah, yeah. A, a man who had previously had his knowledge of how to fish robbed by us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're going to teach these Katatis how to replicate thorium.
0: Yeah. Uh, so then storyline resolved... The final image of the episode is the uh, the Voyager like pulling up to the nearly dead. Hey,
1: real fast! What do you think of the amount of gratitude that uh, that Lumix shows here at the end of the scene? Lumix, his name is Ramen. There's a couple of different guys. There are. Yeah. What? Oh, Loomis. Loomis is who I'm thinking of. Loomis and Ramen. There's two different guys. Oh god, you're a katati racist, aren't you? I didn't I didn't know there were two different guys. Sure are. Wow.
0: I got called a fake fan of Star Trek on the internet the other day. So, so oh, this that's is, fun. This only goes to further that accusation. It's a
1: fake. You only changed your entire life to be a Star Trek podcaster, Ben. <laughs> yes, very fake.
0: Yeah, not a real fan. Um yeah. Yeah, no, he's a dick. I mean, he, he's a dick because he assumes that they're just giving him one. And they're like, no, you can, like, m- make more of these. Like, give me a fucking break.
1: How did you not set the the mute rule of you're a fake fan? That's one of the, like, 700 muted phrases I have on Twitter.
0: Oh, man. It was, uh, I, I just sent back a uh, guy in green shirt laughing at dot gif, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Yeah, that works. It works. Works every time. That should be like an automatic rule. You shouldn't have to do that manually. The account that made
0: the accusation faved my response, and I'm I am mystified by.
1: That. Oh yeah, they're just all about uh, making jokes with you.
0: Yeah, it's just fun stuff. Uh huh. <laughs> I don't think that this was a, a friend of DeSoto or somebody that listens to our shows. Like this was just like a person that saw a tweet that I happened to be in. Oh yeah. It was weird. Anyways. Final image of the episode, the tearful confession of love between BLT and Paris.
1: They don't show the wide shot and uh, Paris's oxygen tube (laughs) pressing, (laughs) like challenging the tensile strength of his spacesuit. (laughs) That's where the air leak's coming from, Paris. They're really an item now, and we see
0: the uh, Voyager in the reflection on BLT's face shield. Janeway radios them up, and they get beamed out of the hard vacuum and back to the safety of the ship.
1: Does oxygen deprivation cause romantic feelings in this way? Like, mm. And is that why tying a belt around your neck while <laughs> jacking <laughs> off feels so good? Like, It's not the danger, Ben. It's the mm. love that's wow. so intoxicating, right? We have to try to make it last as long as possible.
0: I think that's what it is. I mean... Only the realest ones could tell us, but sadly they're gone. You know, <laughs> David Carradine w- would be the person that I would turn to for an answer on that. Right. You know. Yeah.
1: Or Michael Hutchens. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Did you like this episode, Adam? <laughs> you know, I'm really easy to get along with most of the time, but I don't like bullying. I don't like Fred, and I don't like you, Love you I want to answer that question with another question, Whoa. and I think it is—it's uh, like the core of this, this whole thing. Mm. Were you ever invested in Voyager's Pam and Jim storyline? Because if not, does this revelation hit for you at all? I can't say if I ever was really invested in BLT in Paris. I like that it. It seems like they're going to be an item because it seems like an unusual storyline for a Star Trek series to have. There aren't there aren't many long term couples on Star Trek, are there? There, but there are many like will they or won't they couples or right. exes or whatever.
0: Right. Is Pam and Jim from The Office? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I never watched that.
1: Yeah, that that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> You don't watch a lot of things most people have. I did, I, you have a I very mean, interesting uh, pop culture diet. I gave it a try. I didn't care for it. Yeah. Didn't, you know, wasn't to my taste. There are other things that are. The list of I didn't care for's that are beloved for most <laughs> hey. people is a, is a very growing list. It's growing as long as Paris's oxygen tube. It's not a judgment on other people. It's not a judgment. It's an observation. I'm sorry. What was the question? But anyway, to not maybe changing it from a Pam and Jim comparison to, like, any television show that uses a a romantic tension between characters that finally is realized. Yeah. Like, I don't know. They probably did this on Friends, right? This is a Ross and Rachel thing. Mm. You ever watch Friends? Sam and Diane. Probably didn't care for that, huh? But you know what I mean? Like, Like, part of the fun is ruined when... When the tension is broken and they're and they're finally together, like, right. and that I think is what I'm getting at with my question, like, did you want this to happen, and are you disappointed that it did because <laughs> now all that tension is gone? Well,
0: I think that maybe the thing that is working in the favor of this relationship is that the tension is not there for the bu- viewers' benefit. Like, you can tell that there's tension between the characters, but it doesn't feel like the show is like fixated on that tension as like the main source of story structure stuff right? and um, for that reason I'm not disappointed and I'm also just casually curious to see what happens with it you know Hmm. I would say that that's where I'm at on it like it, it doesn't feel like a huge moment of catharsis and it also doesn't feel like it is unjustified given stories leading up to this
1: that is an interesting observation for me because I wonder if the show wants this to feel like a great moment of catharsis. Hmm. And in that way, did it fail? I keep I keep just asking questions instead of answering them. I think that's <laughs> just because I'm generally confused about whether or not I like this episode or not.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a weird episode. It's hard to. Uh, it feels like a pretty light one. I feel like. It also sort of feels like it is here to explain why Voyager doesn't just get to have super Borg technology from here on in. Yeah, and uh, it's not gonna be that easy. And the like, oh, we can't open transwarp conduits thing, you know, we probably would have been annoyed if they hadn't addressed it mm-hmm. pretty much right off the bat. So yeah, so for that reason, I guess I uh, appreciate the weird bind that the writer's room was in, but it's definitely not one of my favorite episodes.
1: Are the Katani maybe among your least favorite aliens? Didn't care for them, no. Yeah. Did not like.
0: Did not like. <laughs> you know what I do like, Adam, is priority one messages.
1: Oh yeah, me too. Big fan.
0: Want to go see if we have any in the inbox?
1: Oh yeah. I'm gonna float my way over there. <laughs> there they are. Ben? Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on Secured Channel.
0: Need a supplemental income. Supplemental income? Supplemental.
1: Supplemental.
0: Yeah, it's extra. By the interest alone, could be enough to buy this ship.
1: Ben, our first priority one message is of a promotional nature. It goes like this The infamous Tomato Meter slapped Star Trek V The Final Frontier with a 22% rotten score, and Star Trek Nemesis. With a rotten 38%. Whoa. Do you need any more proof that their system is broken? Wow. Look up The Contrarians on your favorite podcatcher and join us as we rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. (laughs) How about this as a a fun concept for a podcast? Yeah. WeAreTheContrarians.com is where you can find more information. I'm sure you can download this show on any place where you can get a podcast.
0: I think that this is a, isn't this repeat business
1: from the the Contrarians? I feel like they've gotten a P1 from us before. I mean, I hope this isn't just a case of me forgetting. But if it is, uh, it would suggest that the Contrarians have been around for a while and they're thriving. Yeah. As a show.
0: Some of those that move forces are the same that throw rotten tomatoes.
1: Indeed, then. check out the contrarians yeah for more anti-tomato rhetoric
0: we are the contrarians.com adam we have another priority one message here and uh this one is from ryan from Sacktown, and it's to ben and adam it goes like this it's february 21st and i just finished tgg again so I figured I'd get a P1 for TGG and TGD. Thanks, Ryan. Two questions. One, which character from DS9 or TNG would you most like to see return in a current show? And two, who's your fave current show character? Curious to see if your answer changes between when these P1s air. Love you guys. Thank you for the great pods. Wow. I'd say character from DS9... I would be really curious to see them bring Jake back in a current show. <laughs> because
1: for some reason,
0: Jake Cisco. It's me, Jake. I'm curious to see what happened with that guy, you know? Is he still writing?
1: Yeah, I mean, Star Trek has a mixed history of bringing back child actors on uh, on the new shows. <laughs> hey nerds. I'd say, yeah. It'd be nice to get a a different rep there. <laughs> and Jake would offer them that opportunity.
0: Yeah, yeah uh how about you
1: oh i mean uh, i think i think most people could guess that i would want to see what kira is up to sure these days
0: yeah colonel kira yeah do you think she's still a
1: colonel probably retired colonel these days i think she left it all behind i think she probably came around in retirement to opening up a pizza restaurant of her own whoa <laughs> yeah she came full circle like John Rambo, Ben.
0: She's eliminated every competing pizza operation in the Bajoran yeah. system, and now she's ready to dominate the market.
1: Nana Visitor's so amazing. I'm, I'm ready to see her on a, on a new Star Trek show. That'd be really cool. I think she'd be great.
0: Let's see, and my favorite current show character. Man, well... As we record this we are like right in the middle of season 1 of Strange New World. So I feel like I should pick somebody from there. I think Mabenga may be my uh, my fave of the new cast so far. He's just he's been a lot of fun and uh, and already a very like three-dimensional character uh, after the scant few episodes that I've seen so far.
1: That's a great answer, Ben. And when asked a question like this, before I know I've said Pike, but in watching More and more episodes of strange new worlds. I mean, I think it's obvious Enton Lance is one of the most (laughs) Intriguing new characters on that show and maybe in all of the new Star Trek Mm. series I mean so much going on with him so mysterious yet familiar so Attractive and yet approachable so funny, but not
0: annoying so much Looking like Kyle McLaughlin and Timothée Chalamet had a baby
1: Yeah, Ensign Lance There better be an Ensign Lance action figure by the time I go to Star Trek Las Vegas this year Oh man Uh, I'm gonna get a ton of those, Ben We're gonna be swimming in Ensign Lance action figures Create an Ensign Lance action figure bubble Hell yeah, that's what I'm doing Oh man, I better keep that to myself, though.
0: <laughs> Too late. Too late. Captain Picard, priority
1: one message. Ben, our final priority one message is from Zach Brager. Whoa! And it's to you and me. Zach's on quite a streak here, I think.
0: Zach, at this point, is like subsidizing the production of our show as much as like Squarespace. <laughs> you remember,
1: uh, remember Raz and Plavim? Yeah. Zach is doing Raz and Plavim work here. Zack Brager could buy and
0: sell Raz and Plavim all day long.
1: I, I doubt that. Then <laughs> Zach's message goes like this with three pods dropping a week on top of everything streaming. I don't think I've ever been so saturated with Trek, and it's awesome. Since you guys are upping your game with the extra apps, I figured I've got to give my support. So here I am with another P1, and another, and another, and another, <laughs> all P1s everywhere. Well, maybe not that many.
0: Yeah, that would be—that'd be a lot even for Zach Brager to shoulder. But thank you, Zach, for your incredibly kind support. Don't really know what to do with it.
1: <laughs> not really sure what to do with Zach's credit card. Something yeah. that he mailed to the P.O. box. Yeah, and uh, just keeps uh, keeps getting charges for about a hundred bucks. I'm gonna take it to Austin with us. Yeah. yeah. The drinks uh. are going to be on Zach Brager.
0: <laughs> uh, well, if you'd like to get a P1, whether or not you're Zach Brager, you can head to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron
1: and uh, set one up. <laughs> hey, Ben. What's that, Adam? Did you find yourself a drunk Shimoda? Incredible. Drunk,
0: drunk Shimoda! Shimoda! I guess I'm going to have to give it to myself. Because I didn't realize that there were more than one Katati. I thought that there was, this was the one guy. You're yeah. right. There was Ramen and there was Loomis. Yep.
1: Yeah. Sure were. What the hell? Why did they need two characters? They're never on screen together. You know what? That is a great point. And if they looked so similar, why have two at all? You don't need to. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me. You think it sucks to be uh, the actor of Ramen? And the actor of Lumix, like looking identically, yeah. knowing that no one will be able to tell them apart, yeah, knowing that you gotta split your lines of dialogue with this guy. Lumix played by Alan Altshuld,
0: who also uh, had some roles in TNG and in Baywatch. Look
1: at that guy! Wow, <laughs> Alan Altshuld played Ranak. <laughs> who could forget from Gambit Part One? Yeah. The Euridian. I love that guy. That guy yeah. was a real piece of shit.
0: Yeah, he really was.
1: Hey, uh, guess who's being typecast as a piece of shit? Alan Alda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Michael Kravik, who plays Ramen, is like, yeah. I mean, say what you will about Ramen, but
0: the it... <laughs> <laughs> Loomis.
1: <laughs> yeah, don't confuse me with the Loomis. He's a... <laughs> <laughs> uh did you have a, a drunk shimoda adam i mean i'm gonna make my drunk shimoda split between Loomis and ramen ben
0: wow a shared shimode yeah i mean yeah
1: almost done at
0: you really it's a kind of a shimoda triangle I, i'm the shimoda yeah. for confusing the two of them yeah yeah you know, it's only fair yeah
1: this is clearly a practiced con And uh, who knows by the end of this, if they're gonna continue conning.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Now that they can make their own stuff.
0: Are they out of the game? Are they gonna go back to being an honorable people like they used to be? Who knows?
1: I don't know, Ben. Like, uh, it seems like they've been living off a welfare for a long time. Are they gonna go out and get themselves a real job or what?
0: It's like uh, once the alien trash of the galaxy, always the alien trash of the galaxy. They're probably just going to buy a bunch of junk that they don't need with their thorium.
1: God, you are too good at that. (laughs) It is disturbing. Well, then I am going to turn the page and see where our runabout is on the Game of Buttholes... The will of the caretaker Well hopefully We've got a brand new episode Teed up for next week
0: We do It's got a, a Pretty Intense name Adam It's season 4 Episode 4 Nemesis When Chakotay Is stranded on a planet That is in the middle Of a major war He violates The prime directive By helping the soldiers That discover him
1: I mean This is a This is a kind of Chakotay story right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like he's Frequently getting stranded <laughs>
0: Yeah, he is. Uh, this time, hopefully, he doesn't get uh, eaten by a dino or something.
1: Ben, our runabout is currently on square 66. Hmm. We're just a couple squares ahead. We've got a Naomi Wildman square. Whoa. Which would compel each of us to make a piece of artwork representing the episode <laughs> and share it with each other and post pictures.
0: I, I'm primarily scared of that one because it's so
1: much work ahead of <laughs> recording the episode. <laughs> <laughs> also in range, six squares away is a Janeway square. Mm. This would take us up to the top of the board. Whoa! Directly to a Neelix's galley, tilaxian champagne episode.
0: Wow! And you still haven't done that Coco no-no.
1: So a real, a real upside downside. Yeah. Kind of options here. Seriously. Let's see what I roll. Wow. Okay. You're required to learn as you play. Roll. Am I gonna roll like BLT on her worst day ever? <laughs> or am I gonna roll like a Tom Paris who's just and hose? Yeah. Let's see what we get. Ben, you know what I did. I rolled a six! Drink! La <laughs> the antidote! Wow! And that means we've made it all the way to the top of the game board. No kidding! On square 92. Remember when we were stuck at the bottom for like months? I can't believe we're at the top. We were stuck at the bottom and now we're here. We're on Anelix's Galley Square next week. Where you and I are popping <laughs> bubs. It feels like we've feels like we've done a lot of things this past two months on the show. Yeah, it does. Hidden special squares. A lot of a lot of squares. Yeah. And that will be how we do next week.
0: Wow. Well, uh, I'm really looking forward to that. In the meantime, really appreciate everyone who brings the show to the listeners every week by supporting at MaximumFun.org join. We also got to thank Bill Tilly, the card daddy who runs our social media at Greatest Trek on Instagram and Twitter. Those are really fun things to follow and a great way to dip your toe into the uh, many online communities of Friends of DeSoto. Those are all over the internet. Reddit, Look, Facebook, Facebook DrunkTramoda.com—they're everywhere. Get
1: involved. You like the the audiograms? Yeah, that the account is putting up on the regular. Give those a share if you like them. Kind of seeing those as a good entry point to a, a person maybe unfamiliar with what we do and how we do it.
0: Yeah, retweet if you like, and we got to thank Nick Ditmore who helps us uh, with all the artwork and everything for the show gotta thank Adam Ragusea who made the original theme music for this program of course based off of dark materials Picard song
1: gotta thank Windy Pretty the Uxbridge Shimoda producer full timer
0: yeah and with that we will be back at you next week with another great episode of Star Trek Voyager and an episode of the greatest generation Voyager that kind of betrays that we didn't drill to fathom the nemesis <laughs> make it so.
1: Captain John the and culture
0: Captain John audience
1: supported the Make it
0: Make it so. Make, 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 make.